Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Did you know that the average MSP spends 10 hours manually inputting accounting data each week? That time is 120 prospect calls, a month's worth of the business of tech, or building an entire Lego Death Star. Gazinta Mobius can make your life easier through accounting information. Automatic sync of invoices, expenses, and inventory from ConnectWise Manage into QuickBooks Online in just a single click of a button. With onboarding, direct support, and regular feature releases, Gazinta is a family-owned company dedicated to making software suck a little less each day. Visit them at G-O-Z-Y-N-T-A dot com. Hi, this is Carl Polichuk. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Jason Beistrack, who is the Vice President of Cloud and Services at DNH Distributing. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks very much, Carl. It's great to be with you today. So before we get to our topic, uh, let's have a little background. Who are you and how did you get to be the Vice President uh, of Cloud and Services at DNH? Sure, that, that's a big question, but uh, I'll do my best. So, uh, <laughs> so I've been in the IT industry for a little over 25 years now, uh, working for a combination of distribution and also for some cloud service providers or vendors, if you will. And I joined DNH in uh, in 2019 with a goal of really helping to scale out what they were doing around cloud services. And that's since been expanded to include our professional managed services practice, as well as our security and unified communications practice, you know, largely because those technologies are more and more being consumed than an as a service model. So it made sense to blend that together with one go-to-market team at DNH. Right. So um when you say uh, uh, professional services, managed services, exactly what do you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So we break them into kind of three categories. You know, the first is what we would call integration services, which is what we do kind of pre-shipment. You know, a lot of things like asset tagging of devices and imaging, uh, the autopilot program, which is kind of a standardized way to deliver Microsoft-centric devices, things like that. Um, and it served us really well to do that, especially during the pandemic, when it came to things like Chromebooks for all of the education market that was uh, saw so much demand. And the second category is project services. So this is going to include things like assessments and migrations and installations and even repair and break fix, you know, project services like that that are kind of a one-time, uh, you know, opportunity to you know, help our partners to be able to support opportunities. And then the third category is managed services. So what that's gonna be is really kind of five things. We do a, a white label help desk offering that our partners can uh, you know, have us be the back engine for them. Uh, we also do managed device, managed device security, managed infrastructure and managed infrastructure security are kind of the five categories for managed services. Wow, so way more than distribution. I like to think so. Um, really, <laughs> I think this distribution is evolving, and DNH is, I think, front and center and really helping SMB partners serve their SMB clients. And, and that means that we've really got to step up our game and being able to supplement the services that are out there because it's moving so quick. 
you know, partners have, uh, I think sometimes are challenged to keep up with everything and be able to be all things to all people. But by partnering with DNH, we help them to do that. Right. So uh, a small MSP could outsource to you and basically avoid having to hire that next technician if they, uh, if they leverage it properly. It's a great point. And I know you're uh, well-versed in the managed services business, but we look at two opportunities. One is that we have a number of what we call VAR partners who maybe are more in the project business and they like to basically use our managed services as an outsource MSP model. And the other side of the coin is established MSPs who we can provide more scale by maybe outsourcing you know, a portion of that service delivery. We can help supplement what they do and provide more scale to do it. Right. Um, do you have, do, I don't know how many partners you have, but uh, do most of them actually buy cloud service uh, offerings through you? Well, we're chipping away, right? I mean, DNH has uh, <laughs> well over, you know, close to 15,000 partners across U.S. and Canada. And, you know, a growing percentage of them are absolutely consuming cloud services and, and more increasingly these professional services from a portfolio. It's been a, a great year. Uh, we actually just wrapped up our fiscal 2021 and we just started 22 as of May 1st. And uh, we celebrated uh, more than doubling the cloud business overall. It was a fantastic year for us. So uh, wow. I'm very excited about that. And uh, how much of that has to do with uh, the pandemic? <laughs> you know, I think that definitely um, was a factor, especially when it came to some of the collaboration solutions that we have available in the cloud, you know, products, whether it be Microsoft Teams or Zoom or Cisco WebEx in particular, you know, those were, uh, uh, you know, something that we really helped a lot of partners be able to kind of work remotely or deliver educational services remotely. But, um, you know, I also think that there was a lot of forward momentum from the investments we've made around cloud, including, you know, the new cloud platform we've rolled out to make it easy for partners to purchase provision and manage their cloud subscriptions. You know, we staffed up a team of uh, technical and sales experts to really help them with opportunities to scope them out. And you know, one of the big things where we're seeing a lot of momentum is what we call our X as a service program at DNH or everything as a service. And that's really where we take and, and help partners bundle their hardware, typically endpoint devices, along with services, you know, whether it be some project and definitely managed services, and then combine that with the software layer, which as you know, is most often being delivered in the cloud these days. So you know, software plus uh, services plus hardware and deliver that in a monthly subscription model for their end clients. That, that's really a big market opportunity. So, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of bundles, you know, that basically I, I think people want to buy bundles. And uh, I think a lot of managed service providers, I, the pushback I get is, well, my clients can count. They know that they don't need all those seats or they don't need all those features and so forth. And all I can say is I only ever hear that objection from IT service providers. I never hear it from end user clients because <laughs> right? they do want to buy bundles. And so I think it's huge to be able to, to, to market that stuff together and sell it all as one big lump sum. Well, you have been preaching bundles for years, and I know a lot of work you've done around kind of solution design. Um, you know, one of the neat things that we uh, just launched, we call it in beta mode right now because kind of the first group of partners are kicking the tires but it's called the X as a service configuration tool. And what it does is it allows them to you know, log in and they can search uh, for any uh, DNH device. So whether it's a, you know, HP, Lenovo, Dell, Acer, it doesn't matter, they grab their device and then it takes them through 
a, a flow process where they can add on different cloud products and software as well as services. So, you know, for example, they can add on Microsoft 365, they could add on Dropbox for collaboration, maybe Nextiva for their voice solution, you know, other things like that. And then it also texts about the services, whether they want to go and do asset tagging or project things like integration, or they, um, uh, they want to offer a managed service on top of that. And then when they get the last screen, it shows them the, the proposal and they can see that you can finance it for a 24, 36 or 48 month term. Um, they can see uh, exactly what the end user quote would be to do that. So it's a real quick way to build a great solution bundle and then be able to price it on the fly so they can uh, you know, hit one button, turn into a PDF for their, their end client uh, in a proposal. So this is something we think is gonna hopefully finally crack the code on this whole bundling idea to build a solution <laughs> and then finance it as a subscription. So that's our answer for that. I love the fact that the financing is built in. Uh, I, I think that's another area where there's some resistance from IT professionals because they just haven't thought about it before and they don't realize that you will help them with financing. Absolutely. And you know that part's easy. And I, I didn't mention there is another option on there. They can still buy it outright, right? Right, right. <laughs> of course. You them the purchase price. And uh, the other neat thing about the tools, we, we support a lot of MSPs that have their own services, right? And they're like, well, that's great that you have a managed service, but I want to use mine. So the tool's flexible that allows them to add in their own managed services or project services into it. You know, we just want to make sure they capture the whole opportunity. And if they want us to help them do that by offering our services, they're there for them. If they want to do that part themselves, they can absolutely do that and just focus on, you know, procuring the product and uh, the software from us. Very cool. So you have a, uh, an initiative that you call monetizing the seat. Uh, is that something that's new or is it just evolving and that's the, that's the current name for the, the offering you have? Yeah, great question. So um, I was at a conference over in Europe um, maybe about two years ago when we were still traveling back in the day. And uh, uh, with, with one of our partners that we work with. And, you know, they kind of had an interesting approach to it. And it was really, they, they called it monetizing the seats. So we kind of took the term from them. But we did some research in the U.S. And what we found is that there's 78 million seats that would fall into the SMB market. And, you know, we also found that the average spend per seat is about $5,000. So when you multiply that out, it's about a $390 billion market opportunity. So it's sizable. And then we did some further research and found that out of those 78 million seats, 9 million of those were already capitalized in an as-a-service model. So they were already doing this X as a service for that. And at first I was a little frightened. I'm like, wow, we didn't participate in nearly 9 million of those seats at this point. But then I also thought, well, wait a minute, there's, there's like 69 million left to go. So we still exactly. have a long way. <laughs> And um, we put together a process uh, to help our partners kind of understand that. So it's, it's basically, you ask your end client, you know, find out how many seats they have. Oh, you have 29 employees, great. And, and then you can multiply by $5,000 to kind of get an, an estimate of what their IT spend should be. And then you can kind of monetize that by figuring out how much of that are you capturing as an MSP. And we have, a, you know, the configuration tool we have will help them kind of you know, figure out how they can add that all up to get closer to that $5,000 per year spend to that. So, and, and is that 5,000, does that include the telephone that's sitting on the desk and the storage and the backup? And basically it's sort of like planning, trying to figure out your overhead <laughs> for your office. 
right? Exactly. It's, it's kind of the whole spend divided by the number of employees. So yeah, it includes, you know, these days, all the convergence around, you know, unified communications, things like that. So, you know, we've got a process to really, you know, first of all, obviously help with the solution to capture that, but even it's a sales metric, you know, any salesperson now or sales leader can, you know, help understand, you know, what that available market should be. And no, it's not exact, right? People spend different amounts of different companies, but it's a good barometer as to how you're doing and monetizing the seat. Well, and there isn't any reason why small uh, IT service providers can't have their share. I mean, you know, if somebody's going to have storage and they're going to have cloud services and they're going to have uh, all this other stuff, they're going to get it from somewhere. So if they're not getting it from you, they're getting it from somebody else. You're right. And, and that's why we want them with these config tools to help them see the total opportunity. Because sometimes people forget to ask about the collaboration software and then the end user just goes out and, and grabs it themselves, right? Or somebody else steps in themselves and they forget to ask about the phone piece of it. So we kind of help them check the boxes to go through the whole solution scope to make sure they capture as much as possible. And even if it's not in the initial sale, you can still go back and talk to your customer about what they're doing in that area and try to move closer to that $5,000 TAM. Yep. Yeah, so uh, one of my uh, sort of uh, pet peeves in the last year, year and a half has been people who sell cloud services as if it's break fix. You know, oh, let me just hook you up and we'll get all this stuff set up. And then I'm going to walk away and if you need anything, you just let me know. And I think that that's actually an irresponsible way to deliver services. Um, and when you see things like the Colonial Pipeline and other, you know, ransomware, Clearly, maintenance is absolutely necessary and needs to be sold with all of this stuff. I agree with you. I mean, it's not only an opportunity, it is a responsibility, right? I mean, in an on-prem world, you know, the, back in the old days, let's say, you could actually sell IT products and, and walk away. Maybe you install them, help them set it up, and then walk away. But in a cloud world, you know, there's an ongoing service responsibility where you have to be able to, you know, take the phone call to support that because it's in the cloud. The end user can't just go and, you know, you know, reboot the server, for example. So they need someone to help them with that. Or, you know, there's more uh, cloud-based applications. There's an opportunity to wrap that, you know, support service around it. And then also a management service. It's becoming complex when you have a hybrid world with some SaaS products, some infrastructure as a service products for Microsoft or Amazon or whoever, and then so some of your on-prem environments. So, you know, it's become more complex with this hybrid world and managed service providers are more important than ever to that client. Right. So with the, um, with all of these services, uh, how do you people get started? I mean, do they just go to dnh.com and, and set up an account? <laughs> uh, well, you know, where, where, where do we send people? Yeah, uh, www.dnh.com is our website. And, you know, there's a lot of information there. You can set up an account through there. Uh, you can click on cloud services or professional services right from the website. And, and, you know, very easy to kind of see what the offering is and who to go to for help with that. Uh, I'm also more than happy to help them. It's uh, jbystrak, B-Y-S-T-R-A-K, at dnh.com. So uh, more than happy to help people get up and started with DNH. You know, one of the things that we're, we're really known for is um, is really kind of a, a high support model, right? Everything is done, uh, you know, onshore out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We've got a great team of people that, you know, jump in and help out our customers with that. And, you know, we're excited. As I mentioned, we just wrapped up our fiscal year and we just uh, celebrated a new milestone crossing $5 billion in revenue. So we're, we're big enough to have 
scale, but small enough to really take a, a hands-on, you know, customer-driven approach to our business. It's interesting. Um, do you think that uh, part of the success is uh, getting away from hardware, getting away from having servers in people's offices? You know, that, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, when I came to DNH, you know, I saw that, you know, we have a, a data center practice for sure, but it's not necessarily the biggest focus of our business. Where we really have a history of, of doing a ton of business is in the endpoint device market. Now, 10 years ago, I think some people would say, wow, you really got to look at that data center business. But nowadays, you know, either people are moving to the cloud and infrastructure is a service model, again, AWS or you know, Azure, maybe Google, uh, or they are consuming more and more SaaS products. You know, so the data center uh, requirements are going down a little bit if you buy into that, right? And I think the market data would show that that's happening. Right. But you always will need an endpoint device like a laptop, a Chromebook, a, a desktop, some way to access all of your applications in the cloud or even a hybrid world. So to me, you know, the combination of endpoints plus cloud is what the future of IT really is. Right. So how do you keep up with all the changes? Because, you know, even, even in cloud services, what we're offering today is dramatically different than what we were offering five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not an easy, easy way to keep up. I mean, you know, some of the advice we give certainly, um, you know, from a DNH perspective, we do a lot of events that we try to help categorize different technology trends and help people see what's happening from a market standpoint and then how they can engage to go do it. You know, our sales process, you know, that monetize the seat method I, I kind of laid out. Our sales team, uh, and especially in the cloud and services business, is very focused on helping partners understand how to take that approach, which means we're talking about the total solution with them and what else they should be adding on. And that leads to a discussion about you know, emerging technologies. So that's a focus. And certainly I think that it's incumbent about all of us in this industry to really keep up on reading and you know, reading different articles and subscribing to your newsletters, listening to podcasts like yours, right? To pick up on these trends and taking a little time to educate themselves and think about the future of their business. But we realize, you know, if you're running a, a smaller IT shop as an MSP or a, a VAR, it can be tough. So your DNA really tries to help package it up and spoon feed that to you in a way that you want to consume the information. So if folks uh, go to the website and sign up, is there is the bundle piece of it fairly obvious or do they need to get in touch with you to uh, go down that road? There's absolutely information about that X as a service program and that configuration tool on the portal for sure. But, you know, we're more than happy to, you know, most people want to maybe have have a discussion about how that, how to use that tool within their business, right? We want to understand how do you put your proposals together and we can help make recommendations based on best practices we see from other partners that maybe have a similar business model. So uh, a conversation would be great. And again, if you go to dnh.com, you can actually hit slash cloud if you want to go right into that portion of the website. Oh, okay. Well, we'll put that into the uh, into the links as well. We have uh, several links down below so uh, folks can check it out. Um, so are you guys ready to get back on the road? Or have you got a, a whole whole roadshow plan this year or showing up at, uh, at various events? Boy, I, I think I personally, I definitely, uh, you know, as a company, <laughs> I think we are too. I mean, you know, we, we're fortunate enough to have so many great partners that we built long-term relationships where we've been able to navigate this and been very productive and it's been a great year. But I think we all miss seeing, you know, our partners face-to-face, -face, right? So, 
you know, we're certainly looking at, you know, what the rest of this year looks like, you know, safety first, right, for our, our co-owners as well as, uh, you know, all of our partners. And, you know, things seem to be progressing when it comes to the pandemic. And we're optimistic that later this year, we're going to be able to get out there and, and, and meet with our partners again at events and, you know, in their offices and, and whatever it takes to, you know, keep driving forward. Right. So what are the big changes that you think are coming down the road? In the, you know, so you just started your, your new fiscal year. So what, what do you see in the next year? Well, I think some of the things that as a company, DNH is really focused on, uh, we're seeing a big opportunity around the esports category. And it might be one that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but you know, esports is uh, typically an education play where people are having competitive gaming. And you know, there's a lot of technology required to support you know, that, that market. And DNH has put together a great program to help people penetrate that. So that's one area that we're seeing a lot. Uh, we kind of touched on, you know, unified communications, you know, with, I think we'd all agree that the way we work is definitely going to change, you know, whether it's, you know, kind of hybrid work from home, some work anywhere, some, you know, education, we've all seen that we can do this. And I think you'll see more of that. So it requires technology platforms to be able to do it. So there's a lot of uh, components into that. And we're spending a lot of time helping our partners understand how to build that practice. So that's another big focus. And ongoing is security. It just seems that that's one that is evolving, you know, every day, every year, uh, as far as the different layers that you have to have in place to successfully provide security for your clients. And, you know, we're working really hard to keep up with that market, educate our partners on what those technologies are, bring on the newest solutions to that. So we've assigned, um, you know, separate uh, security practice managers, unified communications practice managers, as well as esports. So those are three big investment areas that we've got. Very cool. So um, one of the other things that's happened in the pandemic has been these, I want to call them spot shortages, but some of them have gone on forever. Uh, all the crypto miners are taking all the video cards. And uh, Early on, there was this sudden uh, impossible uh, task to try to find cameras for everybody. Um, are those sorts of shortages continuing? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you heard, but there's a lot of cars that are sitting on the lot can't be delivered because they don't have the chipsets to put the computers into the cars. So, you know, it's clearly in a technology industry, we're affected by all that. Well, there's no question, right? It's been a, you know, a high, high demand for a lot of those chipsets, especially for devices as people kind of scrambled. Uh, you know, to implement a, a work from home type of solution or educate from home solution. Uh, certainly we're, you know, we're right there with everybody else where we all experience those shortages. Uh, one thing I am proud of at DNH is that we work really closely with partners and our vendors, right, to help, you know, put together for high demand opportunities and specific, you know, customer segments where we're able to maybe prioritize, you know, certain allocations and, and get maybe our unfair share of that product to help our partners out. And, that's a testament, I think, to the vendor relationships that DNH has uh, to support that that process. Very cool. Um, so, uh, anything else that you want to put out there for folks to to check out or be involved in? Well, I, I tell you, we're we're really excited about some of those initiatives I mentioned, and, and you know, I think every day, top of mind for me is really that X as a service program. And part of it is, you know, you you've been doing this for a little bit, Carl. You know, and you saw that, okay, when the managed services phenomenon came on, some people said, ah, that'll pass, right? And then it didn't. <laughs> and then cloud came along, people say, yeah, that, that seems like it's a hard transformation. I'm going to, I'll wait, you know, to the next one. And, and then they found out they had to do it. 
I think this is another one of those is that that bundling of everything together in a subscription model. And it requires a different sales process, a different marketing process. It requires more technical skills and different skills. And it requires financing. So when you put that all together, you've really got to have a, a good partner that can help you with a programmatic approach to that. And, and I'm excited that I think we built one that does that for our partners. And now we just have to help them see this market opportunity. I mean, yeah, it, that's real that 9 million of those 78 million seats are gone. And part of the, the good and the bad of a subscription model is once you're on that subscription, it, you tend to stay on it, right? And how often do you change your cable provider right. or, or move off of Netflix, right? Well, that's the same competition you're going to face if your competitor gets your customer onto an X as a service model and you were kind of standing flat-footed. So we want to help DNH partners move fast towards that to capture that market and that end user demand for, for that consumption model. So that's top well, of mind for me. All of these recurring revenue things just extend the life of the client relationship. I mean, I, I think we're lucky in managed services that we tend to have clients for 10 or 15 years anyway. But then when you add, you know, a subscription to their phone service, I mean, that can literally go on for decades after you retire. <laughs> so. Yeah. And if you're doing, uh, you know, kind of back of the napkin monkey math, you know, what I'm seeing out in the market is that, you know, it, it, you know, for, for any type of just kind of one-time sale revenue stream, it's about a 1x uh, valuation for your company, for any revenue there. But for recurring, it's about a 7x. So if you're a, a business owner, executive, and, and you're looking at what someday your exit strategy might be, having that recurring revenue stream is going to help. And, and whether it's managed services, cloud, X as a service, those are all ways to create that and, and, and help for a happy retirement someday. I mean, I'm banking on that, not for a few years yet, but uh, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. So um, the other thing, I guess maybe the, the last topic is what about all the people who are getting into this industry who you know, literally in the last, whatever, two years, they've graduated from high school, graduated from college, whatever. Uh, they've decided, hey, I'm going to be an IT service provider. How do they find DNH and how do they, you know, sort of fit into your uh, your big picture? Yeah, good, good question. I mean, the website's a great place to start. That's the easiest. But we actually do an awful lot, an increasing number of industry events where we're out there, um, you know, looking to talk to new partners that want to get into this market. Uh, you know, CompTIA is another organization. You've done a lot of work there too, Carl, that we're big fans of and longtime members. And, and you know, they've got a lot of initiatives around helping you know, people jump in and, and we'd love a chance to talk with them there around that. And there's a need for it. Um, you know, the IT market, you know, it's almost like everyone's becoming an IT shop, uh, <laughs> whether you're traditional or not, because you think about as you move into things like even just other verticals like accounting firms or financial firms, uh, HR consulting firms, more and more often, you know, their services they're providing are accompanied with some type of a, a cloud or SaaS software application that becomes technology. And next thing you know, they got to provide other pieces of the technology stack to, to help support that customer. So we're seeing, you know, um, you know different types of non-traditional companies become tech companies and actually supporting an end user in a, you know, resale, uh, resale, excuse me, or service delivery type of model uh, and we're right there to help partner with those folks as well. Uh, what's funny is uh, I would look at the opposite side of that uh, coin and say, uh, at the same time, all these new services are based on IP. And so we can learn how to do signage. We can learn how to do security. We can learn how to do 
uh, you know, keypads at the door and all this other stuff because it's all based on uh, IP, uh, which is kind of our domain, so to speak. So uh, I think it's a great time to get into this business because there's just opportunity everywhere. Yeah, I mean, people talk, that's a great point. People talk about, you know, IoT, which just sounds really sexy, but at the end of the day, it's an IP-based device on a network. And right. in many cases, no reason why an MSP can't add an SLA around managing that. And that might just be saying that your fridge door is open or <laughs> or not, right? It just the alert becomes, I call the owner in the middle of the night, say, you left your fridge open if he runs a restaurant. Right. I mean, it's simple things like that. I think, you know, we increasingly need to think about the business process and what the line of business needs, not just the, the data center or the, the endpoint devices or things like that, right? It's the, it's the process that goes behind it, which is why they're buying the IT to begin with. Exactly. And we have a different perspective because when we look at the refrigerator, we also say, and let me secure that so that nobody can get into your server. <laughs> <Right>? so, <laughs> no uh, question. Take any in you can. And, and that's not something the end user uh, always thinks about. So very good. Well, Jason, thank you for being with us today. Uh, any final words before we go? No, we really appreciate uh, the time, Carl. Great to speak with you again and, and always uh, appreciate all the education you're bringing into the market. So keep up the great work. Very good. Thank you. This has been yet another SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.